For Truth with a Texas Twang, Fireside Talk Radio, the show where women ponder the things we store in our hearts. Host Kathy Carafi invites experts to talk openly about what women care about, like how to create lifelong companionship, dealing with mental illness in our families, bullying at school, and many others. You name it, we talk about it. Listen in now as Kathy helps us find answers to our most tender questions. Welcome to Camp Crafty's Fireside Talk Radio, where our goal is to ponder over all the tried and true stuff we women store away in our hearts as we knit our families together in lifelong fellowship. Our favorite verse on this show is, But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Luke 2.19 Home Instead Senior Care is our wonderful sponsor, and we are so grateful for them. They provide trustworthy, kind-hearted senior home care services in your loved one's home. All caregivers are thoroughly screened, extensively trained, professional, and reliable. At Home Instead, it's about providing, providing the highest quality home care services to fit you and your family's needs. And we are so grateful for them because today they are giving us the opportunity to talk to one of my very special favorite people in the whole world, Carol Clark. Judge Carol Clark, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Listen, I am overjoyed. I, I don't. I, I just couldn't tell you how happy I am to have you on the show. There's so many reasons, but I want my listening friends to understand what a privilege it is. Carol, I want to call you Judge Carol, I think, today. Judge Carol. <laughs> okay. Is, is that that's probably what a lot of people call you, Judge Carol has been a, a judge in our family court here in Smith County for over twenty years, and it's called a designated family court. So we will talk a little bit about that. And she just retired on January first when Robert Wilson was sworn in to be our new judge. But in the twenty years you've been in that court, Carol, Judge Carol, I have seen you transform the way people think about solving the problem of how to care for our children in this county when their families are coming unglued. So I am just so honored and blessed to live in a county where you've been the judge, and I'm also honored and blessed to have you on the show. Thank you for joining me. Sure. So you're going to tell your story, and I'm going to begin you way back. I want to know more. You're married to a fellow attorney. And you you married into kind of a legal family, but I don't know how you and A.D. Clark met. So would you mind beginning way back then or maybe telling us why you wanted to be in law? Well, it did start way, way back. Um, I've been married to him since uh, June 2nd of 1973. So that's 44 years or so, 45 years now. Uh, but yes, his dad was an attorney, his brother was an attorney, uh, my sister-in-law at one time was an attorney, so I had no attorneys in my family, I didn't know any attorneys, but I actually met him uh, on a blind date, he was uh, in Baylor Law School, I was at TCU, and I was an undergraduate, I was a senior, and an attorney friend of ours now um, introduced us. His uh, in-laws 
uh, were very best friends of my parents. And so through that connection, uh, they set me up on a blind date with him. And uh, it was truly love at first sight. Uh, and after I graduated from college uh, that summer, uh, we got married and lived in Waco till October. And then he came to Tyler, which is where he's from, and started working in the district attorney's office. Oh. So that was that was kind of a convoluted journey that brought me to East Texas. Well, and that was an interesting era to be in the DA's office because there's been even books and things written about some of the, oh, I don't know, exactly. I don't know that, yeah, mid-70s. I remember because I was, I was, of course, I grew up here, and so I remember that Tyler was in the news quite a bit in the, that era. Yes, so that was a, a hot topic at the time, Tyler Texas. I can't really imagine being the wife of one of the assistant DAs at that moment. <laughs> Just, <laughs> yeah, there were days. <laughs> yeah. Well, you learned early then in your marriage to really appreciate what the justice system can do for families in a community. Exactly. The only job I could find, because it was in October, and I had a degree in special education, and then, you know, in October, school's already started. Yeah. Uh, so by, by total... Word of mouth and luck of luck, I was um, employed as a CPS uh, caseworker. So <gasps> I, I did the work. Mm-hmm. I started in um, like November of 1973, and I worked for six and a half years before I went to law school for the local CPS office. How did uh, I not so, know your, your background, Carol? That that is such <laughs> a big deal, given what I know we're going to talk about in our other episode. Which we're going to, I just want my listening friends to know if you're catching this and you're wondering about Carol and about what her, what brought her to this moment in her life, this is a significant thing. I did not realize you've been a CPS worker. She, she is changing the way, uh, young people, children are being cared for in our county through some amazing training. And we're going to be talking about that in another podcast when we get to the part about what she's learned called, and it's her, it'll be her wisdom. And I haven't, I haven't decided what to call that, but I'm thinking about calling it something about all rise and for justice right. or something like that. And, and I, won't, I won't give away my whole thinking on that, but you'll understand there's a lot happening. And some of it we can't even go public with yet. But, but when this comes out by then, who knows? Maybe, some of, maybe there'll be more news driving people to want to know more about you personally. So tell me what you saw as a CPS worker. Well, I was 22 years old at the time. I had no idea that children were ever removed from their home by the government. Um, When I was in high school, the Lena Pope home, which is a very old children's uh, home in Fort Worth, was across the street from my high school. And those children came to my school. And so I can remember asking my mom why they lived there. And she told me their parents were dead. That's all I knew about the Lena Pope. So, you know, back in those days, a lot of things were not real public knowledge. But anyway, so I was just stunned, I guess would be the easiest word to use, that people actually um, were such abusive parents or neglectful parents that they endangered their children so that the state had to step in and take them away. So I spent, you know, probably six months wandering around with my mouth open at just total sheer shock 
But, you know, after a while, I caught on to what the problems were and went to trainings and learned, you know, about the law. And um, so that job requires you to spend a lot of your time in court. Yeah. And so I kind of learned about the court system because I didn't know anything about the court system. I didn't know any lawyers. I, uh, in fact, I was the first person in my family that graduated from college. I was the oldest of two children, and uh, my parents were of the Depression and the war, um, World War II, and so they had no opportunity to go to college. So it was a, a real big shock, but I spent a lot of time there. And one day after I'd been there for oh, probably about four or five years, well, probably more like five years, uh, um, my supervisor told me of a new program they had where you could go to the University of Texas at Arlington, UTA, two days a week and work on your master's of social work, and then you would work three days a week. Well, that just sounded horrible to me. <laughs> so, so I began to give some thought, because by then I was almost 29, and I get, began thinking, do I want more education, and if I do, and what field? And so I decided, um, well, I'll just try to go to law school. I spent all my time in in court. I'm married to a lawyer. His almost his entire family is lawyers, and so I'll do that. And so I went to Baylor Law School. And, Gosh, and, and, you, and got, you got in. Why did they take you at Baylor Law School? That's a hard school to get into. You had a teaching well, I was, degree. I was going to apply to. Some, yeah, something close uh, because I knew that I would be commuting, you know, hopefully on the weekends, either radio or I would be, you know, driving. And then Austin was too far and Texas Tech was way too far. So I had decided I was going to apply to Baylor and SMU, and I knew that they were going to yeah. be very expensive, but, um, you know, with the help yeah. of student loans and whatnot. Uh, so I applied to Baylor first and got in. I so I never applied anywhere else. I'm so amazed by that. So I, moved, I guess yeah. your resume mm -hmm. was so impressive that they took you after you had been out of school that long. Well, you know, and it was kind of like I got there, and it was the uh, Baylor had a um, a three year undergrad program where you started law school your senior year. Well, it was uh -huh. much easier for those kids than it was for me because I'd been out of college for six and a half years. Uh, so I thought I should have decided to do this earlier, but. You know, be that as it may, I, I lived in a 28-foot camping trailer that we put in a mobile home park um, because housing at that time around Baylor was not very safe. Oh. Uh, fortunately, they've knocked most of it down and built nice apartments. But back then, they didn't have nice apartments, really, a whole lot of them. Uh, and I was way too old to live in the dorm. <laughs> so uh, I lived in a camping trailer in the mobile home park. And then I came home, and I practiced with my husband and his dad. Um, oh, that's so until, cool. We're going uh, go to go to judge. We're going to go to a break, but uh, in about a minute. So, if you want to throw something in real quick, I don't want people to miss the fact that they can find out more of your story at Kathy Crafty, C A T H Y K R A F V E F is in Frank, V is in Victor, E is in Edward dot com. And when we come back, I'm going to ask Carol how we can find out more about what she's doing. And y'all are going to be amazed after serving 20 years in the court system, what God is doing with her in her life in the future. So I want everybody to stay tuned. Do you have 30 seconds of something quick you want to say, Carol, before we go to break? 
Well, I, I can tell y'all that when I lived in the camping trailer, that was my very first time to live by myself. And I was 29 years old. I lived at home, got married, then I moved to Waco by myself. Wow, that's so amazing. Well, I, I think people can really relate to that. And and it was the 70s, and, and by then probably the 80s. That That's just amazing. Y'all stay with us. This is an amazing story, and it's just going to get better. So stay with us, and remember, it's Truth with a Texas Twang here, so we have some good ideas for everyone. Stay with us. We don't want to miss a moment at Fireside Talk Radio, so stay tuned for more adventures as we talk about the things women store and ponder in their hearts. More truth with a Texas twang when we return. Y'all to see my blue-eyed Sally. She lives way down on Shimbone Alley. The number on the gate and the number on the door and the next house over is a grocery store. Hi, this is Kathy. As women, we have a lot to ponder, but even the toughest topics are easier when we open up authentically and share our tenderest wisdom with each other. During this break, I want to mention a special way you can help other women. You can sign up for our blog and share it with your friends. Our podcasts are designed to create tools to talk about the toughest topics at home or at work. You can help by going to Kathy Crafty, C-A-T-H-Y-K-R-A-F as in Frank, V as in Victor, E as in Edward.com. We hope you love sharing these conversational adventures as much as we love bringing in experts to tell their stories and share their wisdom. Truth with a Texas twang spoken here. My parents are getting older and I want to be there to help. But sometimes I spend more time taking care of them than my own family. It's starting to put pressure on my marriage, and I feel like I'm ignoring my kids. My parents need help. I need help. My mom wants to stay at home, but she honestly can't handle it on her own anymore. I've been taking care of her, but I just want to be her daughter again. I know mom feels the same way. I'm not sure where to turn. If you're struggling to care for your parents, you're not alone. Home Instead Senior Care can help. With personalized service and a personal touch, our caregivers will help your parents stay in the place they call home. Home Instead Senior Care. To us, it's personal. Thank our generous sponsors for making these candid conversations possible at Fireside Talk Radio, where we talk openly about the things women store and ponder in their hearts, where truth and Texas twang meet. Hey, welcome back. We are talking to Judge Carol Clark, and I've known her so long, and I'm just so honored to have her on the show. And I have sat in your court at times, Carol, to be a character witness for when people go through divorce, you know, there's always that. And so I have set, spent whole days in your court and been bewildered by what I saw. So what I want to do now yeah. is I, I want to jump from you graduated law school, you practiced for a while, then you became a judge. Pick up there and tell me a little bit about what you were seeing in your court. 
Well, I became a judge as of January 1st, 1999. I was very familiar with the court and the, the different aspects of the court. Um, so over the first, you know, probably five years, I became very frustrated uh, with the Child Protective Service system uh, because I, I felt like we were seeing the same people over and over. Uh, we were not providing services to, to families that really made a difference. And I thought, you know, these children need to be with their families, but their families need to learn to be good parents. So how could we, you know, do that? I reached out um, in the system itself. Um, a lot of the other people were frustrated. I'm talking about some of the providers of services, mental health providers and whatnot, but nobody really knew how to do anything to make it better. Um, so I had the bright idea to go to the legislature, which I did, and, you know, not knowing anything about the legislature, that didn't work out so well because it's a process uh, to get some legislation that would change CPS. Uh, so that didn't work, but the good thing that happened when I was in Austin, and I really think God led me there, was that I met Dr. Yeah. Karen Purvis from TCU. Yes. And meeting her by accident or coincidence, um, although I'm one of those people that don't believe in coincidences, I believe it's God acting, and um, I met her in the cafeteria of the Capitol, and we just, you know, sat with mutual friends and exchanged pleasantries, and she told me she was going to testify, you know, to a committee, and what do you do? I'm a research psychologist, and at the Institute of Child Development at TCU, and then I said, oh, I went to TCU, and, you know. Aww. So when I came home, um, I got my TCU magazine in the near future, and there she was on the cover of the magazine. Wow. And I read about her, her institute, which was doing a lot of work uh, with children who had been adopted from Russian or Eastern European orphanages. And they were having a lot of behaviors that I could relate to because I saw it in the children in my court. So I reached out to her through email. Uh, we started talking, and she came to Tyler and did a, a noon training for the whole CPS, the lawyers in my court, um, anybody affiliated with CPS that I could get there. And she really interested us in her research, um, which was about attachment and how children are bonded to their parents or not bonded and how the problems with that create some of the very bewildering behaviors, the very aggressive behaviors that we were seeing. So over time, she developed some trainings at her institute for our folks um, through some very generous donat donations to our 501c3 that the court had. We were able to send people to training. Um, and so over the years, she would um, suggest things for us to do. She would mentor us. She would lead us. And the mental health providers became um, trained in, in her attachment theory and her, um, her theory of trust-based relational intervention, which is behavior, um, behavior, behavioral correction. I wouldn't call it modification necessarily, but that's what it is. Um, and she wrote a book, The Connected Child, about ah. good ways to parent children. You know and what? I have that book on my shelf. I asked somebody for a, a, their recommendation yes. on the best. You know, I'm always researching yes. for all the manuscripts I'm working on. 
I asked someone for, that I trust and respect for the best book on that, and that is the book he suggested, right. so I have it. Right. Well, and she developed it uh, as a way to help help with the parents, with, with these adopted children that were having such aggressive behaviors. And so it's good even for regular parents of regular kids because it's, it's a way to, to discipline um, in, a, in a way that builds relationships with the parents and, and for those that, that need it for healing uh, because the parents yeah. of these children that I dealt with, I found, were hurting just as badly as the children. But it was coming out as addiction 99% of the time. So yeah. then, of course, uh, she started teaching us more about why people are addicted and what to do, you know, what's the answer to help make it better. And that's wow. the journey and that she put us on. I'm so excited that you're bringing all this up. I, this is a problem throughout the country right now. We're, yes. people are the families just, are very dysfunctional. <laughs> and, they're, and they're struggling under the weight of a justice system that is just recycling people and not really helping yeah. and so people feel like exactly. they're not getting justice exactly. and, and there's all this resentment building about it yes yes it's uh the the american family has in, been in crisis for a long time but now we're multi-generational crisis so we have the grandparents raised in crisis and chaos in their home now they've raised their children the same um a lot. I saw grandparents that were on meth, which is the primary drug we have in East oh. Texas. Um, and, and it all goes back to the original family, the, the chaos or whatever in the family, the trauma that people experience in their childhood. Mm-hmm. And then it's a generational thing. It changes your DNA, we were taught, uh, mm-hmm. due to the chemicals in your brain. So we're passing on the tendencies to be addict, addicts and abusive and neglectful and all the things. So by that journey, which was about a 10-year journey, um, we really did learn how to make a difference as a group. And my group all bonded together and everybody did their job, but we did it from a perspective of let's, let's heal this family. Let's you know heal the, the trauma and, and get them back on the road to where they need to be. Okay, I'm going to interrupt you now because I know how quickly this will happen. And I know you won't brag about this, so I'm just going to tell people what I know has happened recently. When Judge Carol Clark retired from the bench, many people in this community came together and made donations to the East Texas Community Foundation to start a fund or an endowment in order to continue this kind of training and it was over fifty thousand dollars that was given in your honor at your retirement that's kind of amazing amazing i know it was surprising i I was just stunned (laughs) almost fell off the stage (laughs) it was it was quite a night i was so happy to be included and get to be there to witness that amazing moment what i want to ask you about now carol if judge carol now that those funds are available Tell us what is the name of that, and if people want to make a donation, I know they can go to the East Texas Communities Foundation, but how can they get in touch with you or with the program to bring this to their community? Well, they can get in touch with the with the fund if they wish to, to contribute or know people you know that might want to contribute. 
Uh, and what? that would be uh, to the Trauma-Informed Training Fund at the East Texas Community Foundation. So I'm going to review that to... because you guys in the legal system tend to use really big words that I don't get. So trauma-informed, okay. what's the rest of it? Care. Trauma-informed care. Care. And what that means is the person who's wanting to care understands or has information understanding about the trauma that may have happened in a family. They may not know the specifics, but they come to every situation with an awareness that trauma may yes. be influencing the situation. Is that correct? Yes. It's it's knowing, first of all, what trauma is. Okay. Um, maybe you don't recognize the exact trauma, which is what you know mental health people are much better at doing, but you realize the symptoms. Uh, and ah. it doesn't matter if it's one of those traumas that was a really... Um, pervasive trauma, that it was a, a lifelong childhood trauma, and it happened over and over and over, and there was right. no escape, or if it was a, you know, something like war, uh, like our soldiers come back with PTSD from right. trauma exposure. These, right. the children in these families do the very same thing. It's pervasive, only their trauma lasts longer than a war. It lasts sometimes, you know, their whole t childhood. So... That's what you're trying to heal, and then of course you go into adulthood and you have it, and it you start you know self-medicating with drugs and alcohol, and your behaviors are explosive and sometimes criminal, and the anger is unmitigated. It's so that's the kind of trauma we're talking about. We're not talking about something simple. We're talking about complex, over time kind of trauma. Yes, but okay. but we learned. How to, and, you know, knowing what I know, I could look at any case on any docket that I had, even a divorce where mom and dad are fighting over mm -hmm. the children. And I could see their own history, you know, and how they were passing that on to their children. Okay. Um, one thing we I learned. We've only about two more minutes, Judge Carroll. Okay. So be before we go, I want to ask you to quote the numbers. You told me that Smith County is higher than anywhere else in the state in case people are tuned into your story, I want them to go to our to our other podcast we're going to create that will explain to people what this system is exactly and how it works, this training, and how they can get it. But before we do that, before we close this episode, I, I want to thank you for sharing your story, and I want you to tell us what are the numbers, East Texas compared to the rest of Texas. Um, I, the most recent numbers that I have is for the fiscal year 16-17 which was 76% of the children that came into the care of, of the state in Smith County, 76% uh, were returned to their family. Wow. It, it could have been their parents. It could have been their grandparents. Uh, but they actually were with their family. And we know children are best off with their family. And how does um, that compare to the rest of the state? The, the state average is about 30 to 40%. Wow, that's impressive. And what I know in the background that we're probably not going to get to talk to today is you've done so much for for opening up adoption in this county, too. Yes. So that adoption yes. is much simpler now, so kids can have forever families. Of course, right. having a whole family right. repaired and restored is the real goal. Thank you sure. so much. That's, that's the number one. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much okay. for all the work you've done on this, a lifetime legacy that you will be leaving Someday when we're all gone on to heaven, people will still be talking about what you accomplished here. <laughs>
Carol, thank you so much. I can't wait to talk about. Be sure and look for our other podcast with Carol. Well, Judge thank Carol you for Clark. having me. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us today where we speak truth with a Texas twang about the very things that touch our hearts. Thank you for joining us today, and we will see you again next week. Oh.